Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, this is Kat Lee, and today we're joined by Sally Clarkson, who is, I'm not going to lie, one of my favorite people on the whole planet. And today Sally is sharing about her out-of-the-box son, Nathan. He struggled with learning challenges and uncontainable energy and a variety of issues, including anxiety and OCD. But Sally dared to believe that the things that made Nathan different were the very things that can make him great. And Sally and Nathan have written a new book together called Different. And it's a really beautiful story that weaves between Nathan's point of view and then also Sally's point of view on a variety of seasons and situations in Nathan's life. And it was fantastically insightful, whether you have an outside-of-the-box kid or not. And today's chat with Sally is no different. You're going to get so much wisdom from today's chat. I want to make a point to encourage you to check out the show notes for this episode at inspiredaction.com in case you're not able to write fast enough to keep up with all the wisdom Sally shares today. But before we dive in, I want to share a couple fun announcements. First of all, many of you know that I also run a site called hellomornings.org where we help women build life-giving morning routines. Well, for the first time ever, our upcoming Bible study is available on Amazon. You can get a printed copy that you get to hold in your hands and write notes in. It's beautiful. I've already gotten my copy. It's called New Beginnings, and our group study session starts February 13th. So be sure to head over to hellomornings.org to learn more or go to Amazon and grab a copy of the New Beginnings Bible study. And finally, yes, I'm still sick which is awesome because, as many of you know, I'm also in the last days of wrapping up the manuscript for a Hello Mornings book that's going to release in stores near you in January of 2018. And can I just say that sickness and book writing do not go together very well. So if you think of it, I'd love a prayer or two. Um, Okay, let's move on and let's jump in today with our conversation with Sally Clarkson. Hey, Sally, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be with you, Kat, because I miss you. (laughs) Oh, I miss you too. It's been a long time. I last year, close to this time, I was in Denver and it snowed, and I was the crazy (laughs) forty-year-old woman outside of the Mom Heart Conference catching snowflakes in her mouth. So, not fun. (laughs) Wow, it seems like ten years ago. That's really so. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You have a new book out, and it's a little bit different. Uh, tell us a little bit. How'd you like that? Did you like that little I did. plan? Yeah. You know, it's really hard to talk <laughs> about this book without using different about 50 times. <laughs> but, um, well, I'm really excited. I was actually pondering it this morning. Excited about this book. My son, Nathan, who is has always been outside the box from birth. Uh, you know, it just was two days into it that I realized something was different. And um, he is uh, eventually was diagnosed with all sorts of things from ADHD to ODD, OCD, a little bit on the autism spectrum, uh, dyslexic, 
uh, and also he is just loud and fun and couldn't ever be quiet and always argued and uh, you know more more than I was uh, expecting. And uh, so it was a journey for Nathan and me to walk through all of these different issues together and to uh, get proper diagnosis and to figure out, do you medicate or not, or just all these different things. But I think that what I was thinking about this morning is the miracle that he's become. Uh, I think we are so um, forced into thinking along one route. And Nathan came to me after he produced his movie last year and said, Mom, I'm getting letters from other kids all over the world who feel different, who uh, his movie was not about being different, but it was about the prodigal son. But he just said that it, it kind of lifted a veil uh, from a lot of people who began to find out about his OCD and all his issues. And they said, it's so nice for me to know that you've made a way in your life. Mm. And Nathan said, Mama, I want us to write a book together about it because maybe we could encourage people. And so because of his initiation, we wrote a book about our journey together as mom and son and how we lived through some of the difficulties and challenges of his being an outside-the-box boy. Well, I just love that a young man who makes movies and is in acting wants to take the time and thought to take the time. Let's help moms. Let's help parents with kids who are different Um, Mm -hmm. I I just think that says so much about him. I know he has a a heart for superheroes, and I think that definitely makes him one. Because I would say in the past, maybe two weeks even, I've had at least four different conversations with moms specifically saying, I think there's something really different about my kid. And I, I think so many moms feel that way. Maybe about one particular kid, maybe maybe two. At what point did you know that he was unique from your other kids? Well, I actually, in writing this book, we've both come to the conclusion that everybody's a little bit quirky and all of our kids are a little bit different. And I think that we are so uh, covered over by cultural expectations of what a norm should be, whether it's academically or how a person should behave or whatever it is. And so we all live under the pressure to kind of hope our children will conform and as I was writing this book with Nathan and just living with him and pondering my own life, I realized that he is different from the cultural norm, from the educational norms. But there are many of us who have uh, louder personalities or quieter personalities or maybe uh, areas where we're skillful and other areas where we have absolutely no skill at all. And what I found, uh, I, I knew with Nathan at a very early age that he was different than my first two, who made me look like a good mother. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then Nathan totally humbled me. Um, but for him, it was a physiological issue. He uh, screamed, could not comfort, did not nurse well, uh, would not sleep, didn't sleep till he was four years old, uh, was agitated. It was almost like a motor inside was pushing him, you know, like kind of like a car revved up. Uh, and so I did know it at a very young age. But the interesting thing was, as I was raising him, I began to realize that he was me when I was a little girl. And that uh, my parents didn't know what to do with me and tried to stuff me and help me, you know, kind of keep my myself inside a box and learn how to only come out of that box when it was socially acceptable. 
So uh, it was great for me to do this with him and and just really to begin talking with many parents about the fact that we all have failures, we all have insecurities, we all have mysteries, but that all of us deserve to have uh, someone look at us as a gift, as unique, as made in God's image, as somebody who has a story to tell, whatever the differences are. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure as you were talking to those people, you probably also got a lot of opinions. And oh, yeah. I imagine a lot of the moms listening who may feel like one, you know, one of their kids or several of their kids are challenging their expectations. They've probably gotten lots of opinions, you know, sometimes being on point, but sometimes maybe being too gracious or too, you know, let's make them conform. What mm-hmm. kind of what kind of opinions did you get and how did you deal with those? Well, I, I, I mean, every for one thing, I just have to say I have the best friends in the world. They're so sweet. But many people, including parts of our family, didn't want us to ever mention the word mental illness or learning disability because somehow that embarrassed them or made them feel uncomfortable. And I've realized that there is a stigma, and especially even amongst some Christian arenas, where uh, if you have a child who has difficulty with behavioral issues or uh, physiological issues, uh, sometimes, even though we're supposed to be very grace-based and we go to Jesus and, and see his love and his kindness and his mercy for every kind of person in Scripture— uh, sometimes we live by this pharisaical order that says there's only certain kind of acceptable people. So actually, Kat, I found very few people in my time, there wasn't as much, uh, there weren't as many support groups or information. So I found that people didn't really want to talk about it. Mm. And if they did, they had a uh, very nonsensical, non-applicable advice, like you just aren't spanking him enough. Or if you just kept him from eating sugar, he would be okay. And um, in the same way that if someone was blind or deaf, you would know that not eating sugar would not heal their deficiencies, that mm-hmm. their physical uh, deficiencies. In the same way, I had to go through many years before I realized, okay, some of these things might help the behavior of some children, but Nathan's issues are much deeper. They're physiological, they're measurable. And so I had to learn how to trust God and not listen to the voices, because usually voices made me feel inadequate. Mm -hmm. So was there a point, I'm guessing, that you would get these thoughts and opinions, maybe when he was younger, and you didn't quite know if his issues were physiological or what? And and so did you go and get him diagnosed? What did that gap look like between all these people saying, you know, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do, and then him actually being diagnosed? How did you deal with that interim, and how did you decide to have him diagnosed? You know, I I feel like uh, every child is so different, and their unique differences are unique and different. Mm -hmm. So it's a a long-term journey and process. And one of the things I was talking with a friend about yesterday is that uh, even though there are counselors, support groups, spectrum groups, all these different areas, not all of them are the same, and not all of them are equal. And so as I was journeying towards trying to study him and figure out who he was and what he had wrong with him uh, or what he, what he needed help in, uh, I feel like one day in my quiet time, the Lord said, Sally, you need to breathe. You need to give this into my hands. This is going to be a long-term journey and I'm going to be with you and I'm going to lead you. So walk every day by faith and rest 
in me and don't try to fix it all at one moment. And just getting that mindset that God knew my story, he knew Nathan's story, and that it it wouldn't be the same as other children, and it was going to be hard, but that I could journey it with him. Because I lived for one time in a state where they had uh, they got $3,500 more per child uh, in their school system if they put them on Ritalin, regardless of what they had or how they'd been diagnosed. Wow. And yeah. And at that time, you know, I, I thought, well, I don't know. You know, everybody says maybe it would calm him down. And I thought, nope, I'm just going to really trust God and learn in my home how to how to develop a, a home life that where he can flourish and where he can feel acceptable. And then little by little, I began to find this out. I went to several really awful counselors who told uh, two of my kids in front of me. I have another I have two other children that have uh, clinical OCD. Um, but they told one child that she was demon possessed oh and that her father was probably her father or grandfather was probably having sexual um, encounters on pornography or with other women. And that's why she had uh, demons visiting her. And um, this was in a very vulnerable teen child. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my goodness, really? I paid you for this? Uh, I went through several not great counselors. And then finally, we ended up with this wonderful counselor who gave Nathan a test about 10 or 15 minutes. And within a very short period of time, she said, Oh, I know exactly uh, what you have. And I, uh, I can, you just want, you just fit right into a place where I can help you. And many people who are very brilliant have this issue. Was that and just like she, a flood of relief? Yeah, it really was. Because uh, you know, every time I'd go into an office, I would, you know, just, die inside and think, Lord, let somebody say something positive. And, and uh, we got some educational uh, testing that helped and some that didn't help. But it was, you know, I look back and because probably of God's grace and Nathan's personality, we survived. He is a miracle. I, I never knew if he'd be able to get a job or leave the house because he couldn't do math. And how can you handle money if you can't pay your bills? And here he is, uh, oh my goodness, amazingly doing movies, living in New York City. He's a great man, has lots of friends doing great things. And uh, I think that God really showed me I'm capable in the long run of doing miracles that you can't even imagine. And uh, so I'm grateful that Nathan wanted to help and minister to people through this story. Mm -hmm. So you're Sally Clarkson. Uh, in the midst of the journey, you know, Nathan being out of the box and not always responding, maybe in the way that you expect. There's a story in the book. Ne- about, never right, right. About him <laughs> decorating his room um, in, a, in an unexpected way. And it's so, you know, being Sally Clarkson, did you just always respond in perfect grace and a Holy Spirit <laughs> clothed response? Or tell me about that. No, and I, I tell people that in the book, too. I've, I it's so crazy to me that people think uh, they've always said it was just must have been so easy to raise your children. And uh, all my children laugh at that because (laughs) we were in constant storms, but I am an idealist. So I do apply my ideals to whatever story God gave me. But no, I I feel like I want to take the pressure off of women and say, uh, it's so hard when you when you don't know what's going to happen next. And when your child falls apart or screams or acts out or uh, argues every night at the dinner table, and um, I was just relentlessly committed to understanding scripturally that this was the place where God wanted to bring redemption and light and beauty. 
And Nathan was one of four. I, I said, you know, honey, uh, the wild stallion didn't learn to win the race until he learned to accept the reins. So I worked with Nathan on learning to uh, the same kind of character qualities as working with the others, though it was a slower process. But um, no, I, I just think moms need a break. They need to not feel guilty when they're pushed to their limits. They need to try to develop a friend or two or some times in their week where they can uh, take their child to somebody else's house and just have a few quiet moments. Uh, no, I, I think it's a very long and hard journey. And we wanted to come out with people. I said to Nathan, are you going to be willing for me to tell a few of our worst stories? And he said, yeah, that's the whole point. So other people will know that their worst stories aren't unique. Yeah. And um, so I could go on and on, but no, I was not perfect. Still am not. Just went through Christmas season with five adult children and it wasn't a perfect season. But our bottom line is we are each other's pack and we love Mm -hmm. each other at the end of the day. And we always come to that point of peace. Well, I think what rings true about you to me is that, like you said, you're always pursuing what's going to help your kids. So like even even with those therapists, you, you know, some people could go to a therapist, maybe not, maybe not that one that you mentioned, but uh, and, and then just stick with it thinking, oh, this is a therapist. They they know the best thing. And so maybe they're right. But you just in every season and and just throughout so many stories in the book, you're always like, okay, this would maybe be my natural response. But God, what is the response that you want me to have? And you're never just settled in doing something one particular way, but open to whatever, whatever God was leading. And I, I would love for you to share a couple of stories about ways that you maybe nurtured Nathan differently than the other kids. Uh, you know, I, I think I probably nurtured all of them on very, what I think are very healthy, emotional, foundational truths. I, uh, as you know, I'm kind of um, an iconoclast and I, I'm out of the box myself. But I realized as a young boy, he loved uh, dressing up and telling stories. And so I went to Goodwill and I, uh, I got all sorts of camouflage pants and um, I made them all my kids a little cape. Uh, I, I'm not a seamstress at all. I just got a yard of material, you know, sewed across the top with a little string through it so they could pretend. Uh, I made times in my day where all the kids would run around like crazies on the mountain or on the yard, depending on where I was, and, and play rough things so that they could he could get his energy out. I made him run around the house while all the other kids were doing the dishes in the morning. Uh, so that he would be exhausted, and then he could listen to our stories. But I realized from a very early time that Nathan loved hero tales. Mm. I was trying to teach him how to read uh, when he was about seven, and Joy was already a little baby waking up from her nap and crying in the other room. And I was kind of thinking, oh my goodness, it had taken us 30 minutes to get through about 20 words. <laughs> and <laughs> it was about Kaolana El Teravais which was Colonel Travis. Um, And I'm sitting here dying thinking, oh, are we ever going to learn to read? And uh, Nathan looked up at me and he said, I just love this story. I'm going to grow up to be a hero. And um, so I was feeling like I was dying inside. And (laughs) And he was loving it. And was being inspired. And so I began to realize that stories were the way that I was going to reach his heart and train his character. A hero needs to learn self-control. A hero needs to, you know, whatever. And um, But there, those are a few kind of crammed into a few uh, minutes of time. But 
I really want women to know that it was a long process, many dark moments, many mysterious days, times when I just wanted to walk out the door and become a, a nobody that nobody knew. Um, but God didn't let me do that. I'd have one more quiet time and he'd say, okay, I love you. Uh, you know, go have a cup of tea, go out with your friends, go hiking and now come back and try to be mature one more day. So it was a process and still is. (laughs) (laughs) You talk a lot about Nathan's love for superheroes and stuff. And so you, you talk about just how, you know, he was different, but, but the idea of turning those into superpowers is something that he did. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I didn't ever, I tried to speak forward into Nathan's life. I tried not to focus on the areas that he couldn't do well. And uh, so I would read him these hero stories. But I said, you know, I wonder how God is going to use you to change your world. And uh, I would say you're a storyteller. You uh, are a lover of people. Uh, You are powerful and convicted. And that's why you argue. And uh, if you can learn to harness that. And so I would I would really build into his life by reading the heroes. We have this great book coming out with this called Different Kind of Heroes, where we went through scripture and found how God used many different kinds of people with very big limitations and different personalities to change the world. So I would say that to Nathan. Uh, and I would, I would uh, talk with him about, I wonder, what is God putting in your heart? And one day he, he said, Mommy, he loved Superman. That's a whole part of our book. But he came to me and he said, you know, Mommy, I think that Jesus is Superman. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, he came from another world into our world to help all the people who were lost and who needed um, who needed a hero. And he said, so that's how I can be like Jesus. I'm going to come into other people's worlds and help them. Mm. And so even as a young man, uh, he had a heart for all, you know, like uh, the homeless people and different, uh, actually, druggies that were in our church, you know, <laughs> um, different people that maybe I would never have, you know, thought about uh, communing with on a daily basis. But God is really using Nathan to reach a whole group of people that I would never have imagined, but that God wanted to teach him in our home how to do. So, yeah, it's, it's still an ongoing story of God's miraculous intervention, but it was over many years. He's using that difference. You're right. We're going to use the word different a lot, aren't we? Um, (laughs) He used the way that Nathan is made differently to reach a different group of people that, you know, others might not typically reach out to. Um, So when you were raising him, there was an acronym that you used to kind of help you stay focused Mm -hmm. as a mom and what your goal was for him. Tell us about that. Okay, well, I, I need to go find it because I, sometimes <laughs> I, I forget uh, all the details. But I had to have in my mind every day uh, what, you know, I kind of developed this because I thought I need to launch Nathan into the world in such a way that um, he'll be able to be productive and and so on. So I used the, the letters. I wrote this down in my journal, L-A-U-N-C-H, and L was – I thought the first foundation is I need to love him with the love of God. Mm. God loves him. God is not disturbed by him. God accepts him. So I practiced that in my mind. Am I loving him in this moment? Am I representing God's unconditional acceptance to this little boy who can't help being different? Number two was, uh, and this is in the book, but affirming him daily, believing in who he will become. So I tried to be cautious about saying 
correcting him all the time, which I could have. And so I would affirm him, you know, I see you growing. I think your sister adores you. Can you be kind to her? I would mm-hmm. affirm him daily and say, I know that, that um, you know, not every moment of every day, but I tried to build over a period of time a belief that with God's power and encouragement and place in his life, that he would write a special story with his life. Uh, so L.A., you was understanding his limitations in learning to be patient with his disability. Because I think that sometimes moms think that kids are being, they're misbehaving on purpose hmm. just to get to them. Um, you don't really think that. It's not logical. But I, I said, God, give me an understanding to look at his heart, to understand that he is not capable of living in a more orderly way at this moment and help me to understand him. So LAU, love, affirm, understand, and was never passing on guilt to him for being limited. Uh, I think it's easy for us to say, you always or you never. And guilt is not a motivator in a healthy child. And do we blow it? Yes. We ask for forgiveness. We tell our children, I'm not perfect either. Would you forgive me and help and pray for mommy that I'll be more patient? So never passing on guilt uh, or trying not to. And the next one, C, it's L-A-U-N-C, is changing his heart gradually through training character and inner strength. I really believed that he had a kind of a muscle capacity, so to speak. But in order for a muscle to become strong, you have to exercise it. And so I prayed that God would give me the grace. That's why we use the 24 family ways. And we would always say, no, not this, this, that, that if we trained him, he could access a part of God's presence in his life to become little by little disciplined and loving and gracious. And, uh, and so I believe that I needed to change his heart through training. And then the last one is holding expectations loosely and leaving him in the hands of God. And boy, do I wish I'd known this earlier, because literally God has done exceedingly above and beyond what I could have asked or thought. Uh, Getting him a scholarship at New York Film Academy was a miracle. Then trusting God to let this 19-year-old boy go to New York, and he provided two amazing Christian roommates. And then Nathan just started taking off and engaging and initiating um uh, just himself into places. He's gotten so many jobs. He pays his bills. So don't limit who your child is going to become. It's going to be different for everyone, but don't limit what he will become over many years in God's hands. Mm, that's so good. I, I think I especially love, and I think this can apply to, to every mom listening, how you sort of transformed what could be seen as um, maybe weaknesses, things that, that, that could definitely, we could um, put our kids down for, or we could give them a hard time about, and you transform those into strengths. You know, like you said, I, you know, you're a great brother and I know you love your sister. Can you be kinder to her? Instead of saying, Hey, you're being really terrible to your sister right now, you know, mm-hmm. shape up. But instead you kind of wrap that, I guess, in, in well, information. You know- you can only have so much uh, negative input mm-hmm. before you become disheartened. And so I really try to focus on training and a lot of affirmation mm-hmm. without that guilt and always, uh, you know, why'd you do it again? Can't you ever just talk with a normal voice as I'm yelling? Um, you know, the irony of us is we discipline and love our children. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting, though, to 
to remember. And in the moment when we're feeling emotional, when we're, when our kid is doing that thing one more time, Mm -hmm. it's exhausting to always respond in the right way. How did you keep yourself, um, full of the Holy spirit, fully focused on him so that you could respond at least, you know, not in every situation, but you know, as much as as you could, the way that was going to be a blessing to him. Well, I think that a real important part of moms or dads of children like this is they need to pull back and say, how can I live a sustainable life? This is a very challenging and taxing life. I can only have so many drainers at a time before I pop. And so I really think that, and I'm going to actually be talking a lot about that as this year's mom heart conference or uh, renew my heart conferences, because I think that I realized that God gave me tools along the way to schedule rest into my week or fun, uh, to, uh, to do, uh, to have opportunities where Nate could go. He, uh, took tennis lessons and he, uh, became a magician and did birthday parties to, to find places where he could go or Clay could take him so that I could just have a quiet home for a little while with people who actually got along most of the time. Uh, you know, I think it's planning your life, making goals, learning how to keep yourself alive and healthy so that you can make it the long term Mm -hmm. and, uh, and giving yourself the grace to grow a little by little by little. Mm -hmm. So for the mom listening, that is maybe in just the thick of it right now. She knows that she's having a challenge with one of her kids, but she doesn't know quite where it is on the spectrum. Uh-huh. What would you say her next step could be or her first step, I guess, in, in trying to figure out how to best serve this child? You know, I think that moms are uh, the best ones to assess their children. I think I would read, read, read. Uh, like I would, I would, first of all, study my child and I would, uh, I would try to figure out where is this child exasperating me or, or different. And then I would, I would read online and then I would um, see if there are any godly counselors uh, at my church or someplace that uh, uh, I could have them assess. There are some great support groups now on the spectrum. And I would say maybe try out a few places to see, uh, see if there are godly friends. Uh, there are so many blogs now that, that have different, uh, attributes of your children and try to narrow down your issues with your child. And then uh, before you make huge decisions that could affect their life long term. So I would just say, study him, pray to God, uh, read a lot, uh, find uh, and question people that you respect, and then slowly begin moving forward. Uh, in in these areas, because information gives freedom. Mm-hmm. When I knew what was wrong with him, and when I could define some of the, the multiple issues, it gave me a place to go forward. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now you say, you mentioned that there's a scripture that kind of changed the way that you parented your kids. What was that scripture? You know, actually, I since I wrote that down um, in the book. And I need to go find out what I said, but I've, I've <laughs> realized that <laughs> there are several scriptures. But one of my favorite scriptures is in Romans where it says, it is the kindness and mercy of God that leads to repentance. And I realized myself being an out-of-the-box child who always felt like I was too loud, too much, uh, getting in trouble, um, embarrassing people, uh, I think that I realized that I responded to God's mercy in his grace, knowing that he loved me just as I was. 
And so I think that for a mom and dad to realize that a gentle answer turns away wrath. We need to be gentle with our kids from Proverbs. It is the kindness and mercy of God that leads to repentance. We need to practice mercy and kindness. And so those are a couple of verses that God really used to change my heart. I like that so much because honestly, as a mom, it, that's scary to do because at least yeah. for me, maybe the way that I grew up, I'm like, no, we just want to let's discipline and correct and tell them the exact right way to do it. Mercy and kindness feels scary. And, and so it forces us to trust God for them. To, mm-hmm. to show that mercy and show that kindness and be like, God, I want to respond in the way that you want me to respond. And I'm trusting that you're going to bring, you know, this child to whatever it is that you want them to do in this life. And, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly how you were raised, but for me, doing that is always such a step of faith. And it pushes me so much closer to Jesus. And it always inevitably draws me closer to my child as well. Well, I think it's just basic relational skills that... Mm-hmm. When we love someone, honor someone, treat them with respect, uh, it doesn't mean that I didn't train Nathan. I had very high ideals for all of my kids. And it was, no, not this. This was constantly pushing against some of his strong areas. Um, so it's a both and. But I think that if we really understand that our relationship to our children is to reach their heart, that God looks, man looks at the outward appearance, those you know, performance areas, but God looks at the heart then we have to realize that in order to reach this child's heart and move him forward uh, in, a, in a healthy way, I have to approach him with mercy, patience, understanding, love. I have to practice love. And then in him knowing my love, he'll trust me and I'll find a way to help him grow forward to the high ideals that I hope he'll be able to live into little by little. Mm, so good. So good, Sally. Where can people get a copy of your book? Uh, they can get it, I hope, anywhere. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. We have all of that. We have a, um, a site called thedifferentbook.com, and we put a whole bunch of bookstores where they can find it. Uh, they can uh, find it online in many different places, but they might enjoy reading about it at thedifferentbook.com just to get a little bit more information. And they can also find uh, The Different Kind of Hero because – we wrote that hoping that parents could read that with their children. And part of Nathan's desire wasn't just to reach moms, though he knows that's our major market in this. But he said, I want to reach other kids like mm-hmm. myself who feel different and tell them my story and let them know that, wow, God can really use you. You have a great story to tell. So we tried to do two different things so that people could actually read these books with their kids. And just to clarify to everybody listening, uh, Sally's talking about the uh, Bible study experience that um, is coincides with different. It's called A Different Kind of Hero. And um, it, 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 the subtitle is A Guided Journey Through the Bible's Misfits. So it's the stories of characters in the Bible and how they maybe didn't quite fit into the box either and how God used them. Um, and I think that's such a great idea, such a powerful tool, a great way for a mom to be able to, you know, read the book, get inspired, and then have a tool to say, you know, I understand you and I want to connect with you and let's do this study together. Um, and a great way to do that. Well, and I'm, I'm hoping that moms will gather together and go through different and then maybe be able to confess to each other some of their shortcomings or questions. It's mm-hmm. a, it's not a book of formula. It's a book of encouragement 
and uh, letting them know that God will be in the process with them. Mm-hmm. And it's so readable. I just want to mention that, too, because it goes back and forth between Nathan sharing a story and then in some circumstances, Sally just sharing her view of the story. And I just think that's fascinating as a mom to hear Nathan's version of something and then to see your version of something, because normally I would just relate to your version of something if I was just reading a book strictly written by you. Or if I was just reading a book strictly written by Nathan, I would be like, oh, I remember that when I was a kid. But the flip back and forth gives me so much insight as a mom to how my kids might be thinking and what they might be, um, what might be going through their minds as they're having these different experiences. So that was that was very insightful to me. Oh, thanks, Kat. You know, it's funny because I, I do feel like all the people who've ever said, uh, Sarah May even, uh, you know, I've written a book with her, said, wow, these are stories I've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, amazing, um, too. Yeah, I just wanted to, uh, you know, I, I always protect my children. I have somewhat of a public audience, and I wanted them to feel free to tell their stories in their own time, to get biblical principles of what we live by. But um, so this is an unearthing, maybe getting behind the curtain of some of what we experienced, but with the same basic foundation. So I was very grateful. In the end, I'm just amazed that Nathan came up with this idea, and I hope it will give freedom to people that I really never felt uh, as I was going through the journey. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will. Sally, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today and to encourage moms and to share your story. Uh, everybody listening, I hope you'll go out and grab a copy of different, uh, regardless of where your kids fall on whatever spectrum there may be. Uh, it's going to encourage you. And I think it's going to give you a lot of insight as a mom. So Sally, thank you so much. Oh, thanks. I always love being with you, Kat. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new.